All right, all right. I'm excited. Uh, this morning we're going to talk about wisdom. Um, something I pray for often, if you can imagine. Uh, I want to know stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because I want y'all to know stuff, and I want to be able to communicate that to you. Um, namely, stuff about God, amen? Uh, the Prophet of Wisdom is the title of today's message, and we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 1, and uh, we're going to read down through verse 20. Now, in your own reading, on your own time, I, I, um, not that this is not your own time, of course it is, but uh, 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 in your own reading, maybe at home or something, um, and when you have some time, I would love for you to read through the entire thing, um, because it is uh, an incredible thing. All right, let me see. Okay, Proverbs chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. When you're there, say Amen. Father, we ask you to bless us, Lord, this morning as we worship you, God. Help me, Lord, to communicate this message to your people, God. Help me to stick to the text. Help me, Lord. Um, help us, Lord, to, to hear the wisdom that you have outlined for us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. My son, do not forget, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days, a full life, and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will favor. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know him and he will make your paths straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. And then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline. For the Lord, the Lord disciplines the one he loves just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights. Happy is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can equal her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left, riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant and all her paths peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her, and those who hold on to her are happy. The Lord founded the earth by wisdom and established the heavens by understanding. By his knowledge, the watery depths broke open and the clouds dripped with dew. Amen. I, um, w uh, so in, in these Proverbs, uh, we have uh, the, the writings of, of King Solomon. Do we know that? Um, Solomon was, who's, anybody know who Solomon's dad was? David, that's right, that's right. Um, and so we, um, we, we find here and, and we hear throughout the, you know, throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, which is also attributed to Solomon, um, and then through the pro throughout the Proverbs, uh, we, we find out that wisdom and understanding are incredibly important to Solomon. Wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is first rooted in sound teaching. And so uh, Solomon desires to be fed and taught by God himself. And I, I pray that, that, that as we navigate throughout the course of our lives, that, that we also would seek to be filled up by the Word of God and the teaching of God as He speaks to us through His Word. And then also as we listen to Him as we pray. Because when we pray, it's a time to get alone with God and to talk with God, converse with God. But we know also that in our conversations uh, in, in this life, um, there, there's nothing more important than uh, not only to, than, uh, than listening while uh, when we're in that conversation. It's not only talking that's important, it's, it's listening, right? That we should be hearers, we learned last week. And so, 
sound teaching is, is rooted in, in God's word. And we have everything that we need for survival in God's kingdom in God's word. Everything that we need for survival in this kingdom. The world will not always understand the teaching or the wisdom of God, church. But those who trust in the Lord with their hearts will be given ears to hear and be, they will be given the keys to understand the teaching of God. Those who trust in the Lord and lean into Him rely not only on, or lean not on their own understanding, but rely on Him and trust in Him. We will be given the keys to the kingdom, the keys to understanding what it is that God's trying to teach us as we navigate through this life. Those who love the Lord will have the veil lifted from their sight, and then we begin to see clearly. One of the beautiful things about faith is, is that we will continue to grow in it throughout our lives, right? Um, I don't know that anybody that's, that's, that's really, you know, when they started, when they, when they first believed, when they first have faith, that, uh, that, that really believes that, that their, their faith, as they've grown older, has never changed. Um, we, we should know and be able to say um, and speak in truth that our understanding and our faith grows with time as we spend time with God, right? Does your faith grow? Does it, does it advance? Does it, does it, does it, uh, it becomes deeper, doesn't it? The more time you spend with God, do you get further away from God or do you get closer to God? Well, I hope that you get closer to God because this is, this is uh, after all, the, the desired result that we want. It's our desire to get closer to God, isn't it? I, I'm not here this morning so that I can get further from God. I'm here this morning so that I can get closer to Him. And I, I believe that's why we're all here. We, we want to learn more about Him and, and what He wants from us. And we can do that only by knowing who He is and, and how He operates, by knowing who God is, by knowing about His love, His attributes, His nature, His character. By knowing about God, we can find out how it is we're supposed to live and how we can relate to Him. And then, how, and, and then we will experience that growth that we so desperately desire in the kingdom of God the more that we give over to God throughout our lives, the more our faith will be realized and the more uh, it will be uncovered. And this is what happens with understanding. We will continue to grow in knowledge the more we seek it out. Um, I don't think that we get dumber by learning more things. I think that as we learn more things, we can realize that we're not as smart as we thought we were. <laughs> but we don't get dumber physically. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't, I, I don't, I'm not dumber now than I was when I first started reading the scripture. I, I think I'm more, more adept to the teaching. Or, uh, I'm more familiar with the teaching of scripture now. Um, and, but I, I also realize the more that I learn, how much I don't know. Um, so that doesn't make me dumber. That just makes me a realist. It, it, it uncovers the truth, right? It uncovers the truth before our eyes that, hey man, I, I thought I knew this and I guess I don't, you know? And so we, we, we want to learn more and then we, we dive even deeper so that we can gain more understanding, gain more knowledge, gain more wisdom. But that's what we want in the kingdom of God is we, we want to have this uncovered for us and we want to seek him and pursue him uh, so that we can grow and if we seek knowledge and understanding of God and His will and purposes for our lives, then we're going to grow. That, that growth is going to be realized for us. And this is rooted in sound teaching. Now, learning is not all the same. All learning is not the same. I, I want you to know that. Learning in the world and learning in the kingdom of God are vastly different. In fact, they're at odds with one another. They collide often. Learning in the kingdom of God is high, it is lifted up, it is exalted because we are learning in the presence of God through eyes to see and ears to hear. Learning in the world is, 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 is gaining knowledge, understanding about the things of the world, how the world operates, but knowledge in the kingdom of God, wisdom and understanding about God is learning about the spiritual life and the kingdom that is not of this world so that we can learn how to operate as citizens of it while we reside here. On this planet. Now, um, the Bible says in Romans 10:17, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Now, do you remember that one from last week? We, I brought that one up last week, um, and because we talked about hearing, right? Hearing and being hearers of the word, and, and not only hearers but doers of the word. Well, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Wisdom is rooted in sound doctrine, in sound teaching, and wisdom 
is what we should seek out to have as part of our essence in this Christian life. We should want to be wise in the ways of God. Amen? We should seek to be wise in the ways of God. Faith comes through hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So no faith will come apart from the hearing uh, or from hearing the message about Christ. Faith does not come apart from hearing the message about Christ. You cannot believe if you've never heard, right? We hear this in the scripture. The message will be heard through the word about Christ. So also the word about Christ will filter the message that we hear. And we should always have the word about Christ filtering the message that we hear. Filtering every message we hear. Because if there's one thing that this world is good at, it is messaging. This world is good on messaging, isn't it? If this world wants you to be scared about something, man, that messaging is going to be there, isn't it? If the world wants you to believe a certain thing, that messaging is going to be there. And it's going to be all over the place. It's going to be on television. It's going to be on the radio. It's going to be in music. It's going to be everywhere that any influencer has any kind of platform. That messaging is going to be there. One of the great messages of this world, not a message of the kingdom of God, is independence. We need to be independent. You need to be independent. Women, you're highly, they're seeking you out to be independent, not needing a man, right? That's a message, that's messaging from the world. And that is not, that is contrary to the scripture of God, which teaches us that we are not independent beings. We are actually born dependent, are are we not? We're, We're born dependent on God himself. We always need, always need, are always in need. The world wants you to believe that you don't need nothing, that you don't need nothing. All you need is you, and man, you just do you, baby. You just do you. Do you. That's what the world wants you to believe. But God wants you to believe, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do you. Do what God wants you to do. Live for God, with God, in communion with God, in relationship with God. Live as a result of the things that God has done. In other words, take from God and live your life in response to that. Be a reflection of the grace of God, a reflection of the love of God, a reflection of the light of Christ. Be the salt of the earth. Salt. Anybody eat salt by itself? You eat salt by itself? Yeah. yeah? <laughs> oh, lime salt. Okay. So, salt. salt y'all, y'all eat salt by itself? Okay, y'all crazy, all right? See, listen, I don't need salt by itself. That kind of messes up my illustration, but I'm going to go with it. So, uh, so salt by itself. Well, I eat salt on food, y'all, okay? I'm one of them normal people, y'all, okay? I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I eat salt with food, right? So if we're the salt of the earth, we, we need to be with people. We need to be, we have, we have to have something to salt. We have to have something to flavor. We need to flavor this life. And how do we flavor this life? We do it with other people, okay? We do it with other people. I'm not going to be salty all on my own. You know what I'm saying? That ain't good for me. I need to be salty with somebody. The main person I'm salty with, and not salty in a bad way, but flavoring it up, you know what I'm saying, is my wife. You know what I'm saying? I want to be with her in relationship. I want to be with my sons in relationship. I want to be with Carla and Doyle in my relationship. I want to be with Kathy, with with, uh, uh, Carol. Golly, I almost said Carla again. Carol in my relationship. I want to be with people. I want to be with my parents, with my dad, with my mom, with my brother Javier, with my brother Jerry. I want to be in relationship with people. I want to show the light of Christ and shine the light of Christ in this world. How can I do that? I need to grow in understanding in the kingdom of God. And I do that through the wisdom of God, but I can only do that if I dig into God and if I pour my life out into the scripture of the Lord and allow it to change me. This is having a biblical worldview. This is seeing the world through the lenses of the scripture. So how do you see this world? Do you see it in and of itself? by yourself, with nothing to color it. No, we all have a coloring that we, we, we see the world with. We all have lenses through which we view the world. All of us do. And that, that, that those lenses have a great deal to do with our baggage, uh, the things that we bring along with us in life, what we've been through, the things we've been through, the people we've met, how they've affected us, the things we've done in life, the things that have been done to us. All of those things influence and color the way that we see the world. This develops our, our, our worldview. Now, if we have a biblical worldview, then we're allowing uh, ourselves to see the world through the lenses of Scripture. And so our worldview is like glasses. Easy way to say it. So right now, can't really see nothing, right? Can't really see nothing. Everybody's very blurry, okay? Once I put these on, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I can see clearly now. 
This is what happens to us with the Word of God. When we let it affect us and change us, then we begin to see clearly the things right before our eyes. And also, man, I remember, like, when, when I don't have my glasses on, I kind of get used to seeing like this, okay? I get used to seeing like this. I start to squint my eyes to make maybe see a little bit better. This is what it was like before um, I got glasses, you know, when I was a kid. And um, I used to just squint all the time and everything. I used to go like this and everything. And I kind of got used to looking at things without being able to see them properly. And so in my own view, I, I could see fine. As soon as I had my eyes checked and then I got glasses and I put them on, I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't realize how bad my vision was. This is the scripture of the Lord and how it affects us and changes us. Once we begin to read and, and allow it to change us, then we can tell, hey, listen, I've, maybe I've been looking at things wrong. And that's a good thing. That's a good place to be. It's to all of a sudden catch yourself and be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I think I was looking at that wrong. I didn't think that way. Hmm, that's, that's interesting. I never thought about that. This is what we want to happen with the scripture. We want these, these things to happen. We want those realizations to come through. That's the biblical worldview. And it, it's going to increase our wisdom and it's going to increase our understanding about God and his will. The will of God is for you to know him. The will of God, the will of God, he wants you to know him. I want you to know that. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know him, who he is. And to know him, we must hear the message and have that filtered with the word about Christ. And this goes with all messages that we hear in life. Everything that we hear on television, at work, on the radio, from friends and family has to be filtered through the word about Christ. It's got to be filtered through that word, uh, filtered through the scripture. What does, the, what does God say about Christ, namely the gospel and the nature of God? And then how does this situation that I'm in or information that I'm receiving relate to that? That's what we want to do. Okay? Uh, if we learn in the world that, that when someone who, uh, if we learn in the world that when someone who hurts us is in, uh, needs to be punished by us, that's one of the things that the world is big on is vengeance or revenge, right? There are shows made about it, shows, revenge, you know, all this. And the, these, this is what the world wants. They, they, the, the world feeds off of revenge and, and vengeance. This is what the world says to do. But what does the scripture say? Does the scripture say that when somebody does something to me, or I'm sorry, let's, let's personalize this. So you, you, I want you all to think, when, when somebody, does, somebody does something wrong to you, is that right to want to have vengeance upon them? To want to act out and respond in kind. Well, I'm going to get him like he got me. Bam! You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her. You know, she don't know what's coming. She don't know what's coming. She thought she, she messed with the wrong. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's the world's thinking. That's what the world wants you to do. What does the scripture say? Is, does the scripture say to do that? To, to act out in vengeance toward people who hurt you? It doesn't, does it? I can hear, see a bunch of y'all shaking your heads and you're right. Um, we know, in fact, that it does not say that. In fact, in Deuteronomy 32, 35, listen to this. This is a freeing scripture. This should set you free, people. It should set you free. Vengeance is mine. And this is not me talking. This is not you talking. Who is this talking, y'all? This is God talking. Vengeance is mine and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip. For the day of their calamity is at hand and their doom comes swiftly. Now, who does that? Who repays? God. Who enacts vengeance? God. And this in Romans 12, 14, starting in 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. That's hard, isn't it? Bless and don't curse those who persecute you. Those who beat you for your faith, who, who say things about you because of what you believe, right? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. We need that message today in our world, don't we, church? Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. So that, again, is back to vengeance is mine and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip in verse, in verse 35 of Deuteronomy 32. Repay no one evil for evil in verse 17, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. In other words, people are going to be watching. The world is watching. Your family's watching. 
your co-workers are watching, how will you respond when you're hurt? How will you respond when somebody does something to you? Are you just going to complain about them? You're just going to put it all over Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everything you can? Oh, man, you, you should see the way they're treating me over here. You know, is, is this going to be something where you just want to you just want to get it all out there? Make sure everybody knows ain't good over here where I work. You know what I'm saying? Ain't good over here. Is this what we want to do? Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Because we cannot control other people's thoughts and actions, right? Can we? Anybody able to control you? You know what I'm saying? Can't nobody control me, I'll tell you right now. You know what I'm saying? That, that's just the way life works. We cannot be controlled. And one of the, 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 the biggest ways to waste all sorts of time in this world is trying to control the way other people live and think and behave and all that stuff. We try to control people, you're going to end up real unhappy real fast. But so far as it depends on you, so far as it depends on you. In other words, because you can't control people, you, need, you, can, you can control yourself, though, in the spirit, can't you? Why? How do we know that? Because one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit, self-control. In other words, it is fruit that is born because of the Spirit of God as we live with God. As we live and follow the commands of the Lord, that fruitfulness that we bear in our lives, one of those things is self-control. The ability to control what we do and what we say. And so, if you're having trouble controlling your tongue, taming your tongue, controlling the things that you do, I want you to go deep into prayer and ask God to change you there because I, I promise you, He wants you to change there. It is the fruit of the Spirit. If possible, verse 18 again, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Do not repay evil for evil. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. All right. Our wisdom in life should be built up by taking in all the truth that we can. And that truth can be found in the word about Christ and filtered through the word about Christ. In wisdom, we also learn that all truth is given by God for the glory of God. All truth, all truth is given by God. Every single bit of truth in this world belongs to God. He's the author of it because he authors and he writes and he thinks up and he processes and he dispenses truth. Our edification, our edification, our building up, the way that we're built up in the kingdom of God is glorifying God. It's for his glory and for our good that we can obtain and grow in wisdom. I want you to know that our ability to grow in wisdom is glorifying to God and it's good for us. I want, I want to know something this morning. Do, do, you think it's, it, do you think that God wants what's good for you? You think God, yeah. I mean, yeah. Right? That's part of the hope that we have, that God wants what's good for us. Well, glory for God and good for you go hand in hand. For God's glory and your good. It's for His glory and our good that we can obtain and grow in wisdom. It's both glorifying to Him and good for us. John 15, 8 says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So your fruit bearing, in other words, your own goodness is glorifying to God. Did you know that? That's an incredible truth right there. That's growing in wisdom right there, right before our very eyes. You're growing in wisdom right now, church, because you're learning that God's glory and your good go hand in hand. It's incredible. By this my Father is glorified, Jesus says, that you bear much fruit. One of those fruit things is self-control. And so prove to be my disciples. Amazing. Never forget that your good or your fruitfulness your fruitfulness, the things that you do in your life, the good things are glorifying to God. Don't ever forget that. And going deeper, we can see that the writer to the Hebrews tells us that the word of God is pretty incredible. All right, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 4 real quick. Now this is the word about Christ and what it can do in the person. Listen to this. 
For the Word of God is living and active. So has the Word of God ceased? Has it died? Is it of no use? Absolutely not. The Word of God is living, it is alive, and it is active. That by, very, by the very nature of being alive, we know it's active, right? It's living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit. Now, the sharpest knives that I've ever seen in this world are the ones that Doyle sharpens, okay? One time I had his knife, and I was like, oh, man, look at this knife. He's like, hey, Ian, Ian, now Ian. Uh, be careful. Because every time I grab a knife, you know, like I have my pocket knife, right? Maybe I need you to sharpen this one for me, dog. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I probably don't. So I have my pocket knife, and I always go like this, you know, check a little sharp. I went like this on one of his knives. He's like, in, in, in. You know, he's like, you watch out there, watch out. And I think I did get a little, you know what I'm saying? I think I might have lost a layer to a skin. Uh, but the, the sharpest knives I've seen are the ones that the, the, the Doyle sharpens. Now, even your knives, bro, even the things that you make, we know and you know for the glory of God that it's not sharper than the word of God. The sharpest knives you will ever see in this world, the ones where you can throw up like a scarf and hold like a katana sword or something like that. And it like, you know, it goes into two, woo, or, you know, sliced paper with a knife like Doyle's knives and everything. Listen, the, the, the word of God is sharper. It's sharper. It's sharper because it divides even the spirit and the soul. Ooh, my goodness. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, there's the key. There's the key. The thoughts and intentions of our hearts are discerned by the word of God. That's how sharp it is. But all... I'm sorry, and no creature is hidden from his sight. Whose sight? God's sight. But all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now the word of God discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Think about that. It discerns your thoughts and intentions. In other words, the things that you think, not only what you think, but why you think it. Why are you thinking like you do? Why do you think the things that you think? Right? That sounds weird. What do you think the things you think? Thinking, thinking, thinking. Think, think. Right? Why? Why? Why do I think this way? Why do I live this way? Why do I do what I do? Why do I walk like this? Right? Why? why in, in my life, I don't mean your actual gait, right? So, why, why do I do, why do I live like this? Why do I do what I do? My goodness. The scripture tells you the truth about God and the truth about you we live in a delusion at times in our lives don't we with who we really are sometimes we get a little full of ourselves y'all i ain't saying it's y'all you know what i'm saying sometimes we get a little full of ourselves and we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think we get a little full of our what's 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 the now what's the ultimate equalizer the word of god because it discerns your thoughts and intentions as soon as you think highly enough of yourself, go right into the word of God and be brought down to earth. Be brought down to earth. It will show you who you are, the truth about who you are, and, and more importantly, the truth about who God is. And once we know who God is and the truth about him, then the truth about us will follow suit because it is glorifying to God and it is good for us. It tells you why you do the things you do, this, uh, these, uh, this discernment that we have with the word of God. And if you want to find out more uh, about where you can uh, improve on a daily basis, I want you to look to the scripture, y'all. Look to the scripture. So this is what Solomon's saying when he says this in Proverbs 3. Let's go to 1 through 4 again. My son... <clears throat> do not forget my teaching. Now this can be my, my daughter as well. You can, uh, you can do that as well. My son, do not forget my teaching. My daughter, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. I don't know anybody any looking for that. I don't know anybody in this world that's not looking for length of days, years of life, and peace. Anybody just like, nah, I don't want that. Nah. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Peace? Really? Right now, if you had peace in your heart, you'd live a different way. If you had peace with God, you'd live a different way all the time. I'm talking about all the time. 
you had 100% peace 100% of the time, you'd be different. But that is reserved for when we are in heaven with God himself. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you in verse 2. In verse 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. So what are we going to bind around our necks? Steadfast love and faithfulness. Steadfast love and faithfulness. Bind them around our necks. Write them on the tablet of your heart, he says. Verse 4, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Now it's interesting to me that the Lord uses this language about the love and faithfulness being bound around our necks. He says that we should, we, we should do this. In other words, don't ever let these attributes leave you. So love, steadfast love and faithfulness, don't ever let those leave you. Attach them to yourself. Right? Let them become part of you. In other words, don't ever let his attributes leave you. And if they're bound around your necks, then they become part of your wardrobe. Right? They become part of your wardrobe, part of the garment that you wear in life. Steadfast love, faithfulness, let them become part of your wardrobe, part of the garment that you wear in life. It's amazing. In contrast, he says something far different about, the, about causing people to stumble into sin throughout life. Listen to Luke 17, verses 1 and 2. And he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. So that's also, that's also around the neck, isn't it? That's a different kind of thing, isn't it? That's in direct contrast to what we hear about steadfast love and faithfulness. In the first illustration, we have love and faithfulness being bound around our necks, and that's pure goodness and wisdom being lived out in the life of the believer. And in the second illustration, we have those who lead others into sin being weighed down under the water in this world. And it seems as though Jesus is saying it's better to drown than to cause somebody to stumble into sin. That's heavy language, isn't it? That's real. That, that's real talk. Both have the necklace. Only one is honoring God through wisdom. One is light, lovely, faithful, destined for eternal life. The other was weighted down, faithless, and destined for death. Now in verses 5-7 through seven of Proverbs 3... We learn that wisdom rests in trusting God. Listen to this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I love doing this whenever it says the word all because I know that that does not mean that I need to trust in God with part of my heart. With just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's 75% you're trusting God with your heart. That's it. That ain't good enough. Trust in God with all of your heart, with your whole heart, your whole life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, if we are going to be truly wise, we must not lean on our own understanding. In other words, where do we get the knowledge we get? Where do we get the wisdom we get? Where do we get the information we get? How do we know how to navigate life? How, who, who tells me? Do I come up with that on my own? Or do I listen to somebody who gives me instruction? And this is what Solomon is trying to communicate to us is God is going to give us that instruction. God will give you that instruction, church. He'll give you that instruction about how to live in your life. That way you're not leaning on your own understanding. But you're trusting in Him instead. We must constantly take a step back and look to the interests and purpose of God in determining the right decisions that we're supposed to make in life. If His commands are truly stored up in our hearts, then making the right decision will come to us more as a reflex than having to constantly stop and seek before every little thing. Do you find that true in your life? Some of you uh, more mature Christians in here who have been following the Lord for a long time, um, I'm not saying just that you professed faith a long time ago, but that you've actually been growing that whole time. Because those are two different things as well, aren't they? Some people profess a long time ago, and they're still in the same spot as 20 years ago. I want you to grow. God wants you to grow. That's part of the wisdom and understanding of God is that we grow along with Him. And so, when we 
have stored up the truth about God in our hearts. It's not every single little thing that we have to check on because sometimes decisions need to make be made like this, right? Split decisions, right? We need to make some decisions like this in life, especially when we're in trouble, when something happens. What are we going to do? Are we going to revert back to our ways of the world? Are we going to revert into the heart of Christ and uh, act out in ways that honor God and glorify Him and are ultimately good for us? That's what we need to know. And when we follow God uh, and we grow with God in wisdom, then what happens is Christian living, godly living, living in holiness, walking out your salvation, working out your salvation with fear, those things happen as a matter of a reflex. In other words, they happen naturally for you the more you grow with Christ. They happen more naturally. In other words, you have a natural reflex to love people, not to hate them, not to speak ill of them, not to have vengeance and repay evil for evil. That's not your natural reflex in the Christian life. The more you grow with God, the more natural it will be for you to love instead. To love instead. To love instead. This is what we, this is what we need. And now I'm not saying that some things are too small to be considered by God is important enough to seek His will. What I am saying, though, is that sometimes decisions have to be made so quickly and the right thing should be in your heart as a result of you following God. It should already be there. And then you should act, out on, act on that. And this becomes a reflex as we grow with Him. It's not perfection, but it's constant progression. Okay? That's what we should know about the Christian life. We're not perfect, but we're constantly progressing. Amen? Constantly growing. Because, uh, uh, and why can't we lean on our own understanding? Well, it's because of our baggage and our own sinful nature that needs to be confessed and repented from. That's why we can't lean on our own understanding. And also because our own understanding is a lot of times built up by different things we've heard growing up. And all the things that we heard growing up are not necessarily biblical. Some of them are. If we grew up in a Christian household, not everybody did. Um, and it's, that's, it's actually becoming more and more prevalent in this world that children are growing up in non-Christian households. Okay, They're not growing up in a Christian home where the parents you know, are involved with the church and the reading of the scripture and, and devoting their lives to God. That's happening more and more. So... More and more we're seeing the world decay, the world go down, right? But because the family unit is decaying, all right? The nuclear family, it's, 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 it's being broken apart. The world doesn't want it to exist, doesn't want it to be together, right? It doesn't want it to be together. But our own understanding, care, uh, it causes us to go into the well of our emotions and our past. And that's not what we want to do. We don't always want to draw on our past, don't always want to draw on our emotions, don't always want to draw on the things that we've learned growing up. We want to draw on the Word of God, the Word about Christ, so that we can act out in wisdom and make decisions from a wise place. God's understanding causes us to look to Him for the answers. So where do we look for the answers in life, church? We look to God. We look to His Word. We look to His Word and we measure every decision up against His Word and His will. And now we've, uh, we've read in, in the scripture that his word discerns the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Now I want you to listen to this from 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> Starting in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, Paul uses the words and phrases learned, firmly believed, knowing, been acquainted, sacred writings, able to make you wise, salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. These statements, y'all, are pure wisdom. There is a purity about these words. We can't write stuff like this apart from God. Paul cannot write stuff like this apart from the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 
without God giving him these words, he ain't got them. He don't have them in and of himself. Especially not growing up in Judaism the way that he practiced it. He even tells us, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Who are the main people group that, God, that Jesus is speaking out against throughout his ministry, the three years that he's ministering? Who are they? The Pharisees. And Paul's saying, That's, that was me. I needed to be changed. And by the grace of God, he was changed. He, he, he don't have this wisdom. This is God's wisdom. This is what was placed into him. He didn't come up with this on his own. God put it there. These statements are pure wisdom, and we need them in our hearts. We need this wisdom in our lives. Go to the Word, and He will give you that wisdom. We've learned so much already about the prophet of wisdom here, but there's still more. What can it bring us? What can wisdom bring us? How, does it, how do we profit from it? Proverbs 3, starting in verse 8. <clears throat> it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Who needs that this morning? Who needs that? We all need it, don't we? My goodness. It will be healing to your bones. How do we profit from wisdom, church? Healing for your flesh. Refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Everything that you give, everything that you give in honor and glory to God. God sees those things and He fills you in those places. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Verse 9, verse 10, Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now the honor that we bestow upon God when we give is the honor of faith and a child's love. We give knowing that He will replenish our lives. Our lives, our very lives refreshment we give knowing that he will replenish our lives and if not here if not here if this replenishment if it doesn't happen here in this life then once and for all it will happen in his presence forever rest assured christian that god will provide for you in a way that nobody else ever can ever will he will replenish your life in glory forever as you are with him in his presence our hope is never lost. Even when we don't seem to have enough or our hope is never lost, we lean not on our own understanding about where the help is going to come from. Our minds cannot outcalculate God, church. We lean on His understanding and His goodness in giving and throughout our entire lives in everything that we do. God is the replenisher of our lives. We don't know how it's going to come. We don't know when it's going to come when God gives. But we do know it will come because he said it in his word. Proverbs 3, moving on to verse 11. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Now here we learn that wisdom includes chastening or reining in. It includes a discipline from the Lord. God will redirect us and reprove us and rebuke us. It, he does this so that we may know what His will is and so that we can know what His will is not. He will discipline us because He loves us. Because if He didn't love us, He wouldn't take the time out to pay any attention to us. If God's disciplining you, church... If God's disciplining you, it's because He loves you that He's doing that. Because He wants better for you. And He wants you to know that you're capable in Him of doing all the things that He's prepared for you to do. He not only loves us, but He delights in seeing us succeed and be happy. He delights in this, so He helps us along the way so that we can get going in the direction that's going to lead us closer to Him. And for this to happen, for us to grow closer to Him, we got to give him everything give him your whole life everything that you are give it over to God we will constantly put things between us 
and God that don't belong there. We can't hold anything back. Don't put things in between you and God. Sometimes it's a relationship that shouldn't be there. And sometimes that bad relationship is holding you back from a relationship that He wants you to have, but sometimes we're reluctant to follow Him. Sometimes as well, as is said in this text, it's money. We should honor the Lord with everything that we have and He will surely bless us because of this. He will fill our barns to overflowing, the Scripture says. There is always enough, and even more than enough in God's kingdom. Sometimes we hold back from giving and wonder where the money is going to come from as if God ran out of resources. The rest of the verses in this selection tell of the rewards and the benefit of wisdom. If we hold her close, wisdom, then it will go well for us. Listen to 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better, uh, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Again, we're talking about wisdom. Long life is in her right hand, in wisdom's right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways uh, are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. This is wisdom, y'all. This is the prophet of wisdom. This is what we can look forward to as we become wise in the ways of the Lord. And how do we do that? We get into the Word of God so that it can change us forever and we become wise in His sight because He makes us wise. Y'all, do you understand that God is telling you that money and jewels ain't got nothing on the wisdom of God? Money and jewels. Money and jewels. This world is run by money and jewels. Gold, diamonds, people lose their lives, killed, genocides in countries like Africa because of these things. Gold, I can add oil to that. Gold, silver, diamonds, rubies, emeralds, oil, the resources, God's resources. People are killed over them, but let me tell you something. All those things... And got nothing on the wisdom of God. You profit more from wisdom than you ever will from any currency that this world will ever have. The worldly man or the worldly woman profits through war, profits through business, through pride and arrogance, through pain and circumstance. But the godly man or woman profits through the wisdom of God. Don't lose sight of that. God's currency is different than the world's currency. Remember that our treasure is not in this world, church. Verse 18, Proverbs 3, She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Don't lose your grip on wisdom. Hold it close. Having begun to lean on God and trust Him, don't be fooled by the world or the enemy or your own flesh to begin leaning on your own understanding again. Just remember where that got you in life. I know where my own understanding got me in life. Let me tell you something. I ain't going back. Verse 19. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps broke open. And the clouds dropped down with dew. Now this speaks to the clear need for wisdom and the clear message that wisdom is what God uses to create. He creates out of His wisdom. He creates out of His wisdom. Don't you know He made you? Don't you know He made you out of His wisdom? It was wise in the sight of God to make you. To make you. All of you. Isn't that an amazing thing? I'm glad you're here. All of you. I'm glad you're here. Not just here in this church house. I'm glad you're here on this planet. I'm glad you've been given life. I'm glad that God saw it wise out of his own wisdom to make you. Each and every one of you. You see, because of the wisdom of the Lord, he understood exactly 
in his creation of the world and the heavens and the earth, he understood exactly what was needed to make the heavens and set them in place. Because of his wisdom and understanding and knowledge, he knew what the dimensions needed to be so that the oceans and the seas could be divided properly. And I want to go even further with this to say that if our solar system wasn't set up the way that it is now, life could not be sustained on this planet. That's been proven over and over again. If the sun was just a little bit closer, we'd burn up to death. If it was just a little bit further away, we'd freeze to death. Don't you know it's in just the right spot? Praise be to God that it is. Amen? See, we wouldn't exist, church, if not for the wisdom of the Lord and making everything perfect. So wisdom needs to be in our hearts and at our side to employ as a tool in life. We need to understand God and His purposes for us. And if we can receive sound teaching and hold to the commands of the Lord, it will go well with us, the Scripture says. And if we can hold nothing back but give God our all, then we will be blessed to overflowing, this Scripture says. And if we can use and develop the wisdom of God through these verses... We can come close to God, closer and closer and closer, knowing Him more deeply and loving Him more fully. Hold on to the wisdom of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we love You. We thank You this morning, Lord, for, for wisdom. We thank You for making the, everything the way that You've made it. We thank You for teaching us the way that You teach us. Thank You for writing everything that You've written, God. Thank You for instructing us the way that You do God, we need you, God. We need you, Father. We need you with us. Lord, may we never lose sight of you and who you are. I pray that we would seek to understand you better, seek to know you better, and that we would do that through the reading of your word, getting alone with you in prayer, and following you with our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.